Hello and welcome to another episode of the Craftsman Creative Podcast. This is another workshop. And this week, my co-host is Kevon Chung. He is a brilliant, talented builder and author and creator and personality on Twitter. He really helps people grow their audience and connect with people and do it in the right way. So it's not just about numbers, but it's about deep connections with real people. In this episode, we talked about writing a book in public. It's something that I just went through with my book, Craftsman Creative, and what Kevon is currently doing with his book about building in public. So we talked about why would you want to write a book in the first place? What are the benefits of writing a book for your audience? Why write a book in public? And we talked a little bit about just strategies and approaches to getting the book out there, distribution, Amazon versus self-publishing, etc. So there's a lot in this one that we really, really went deep on. I'm excited for you to listen to it. If you have not yet got a copy of the Craftsman Creative book, I urge you to go get a copy. And for a limited time only, anyone who buys two copies, one to keep and one to share, gets to mint their own first edition NFT for the book. And that NFT has some unique utility. First of all, there's only 1,000 of them. And so you wanna hurry and get one before they're all gone. But anyone who holds an NFT will get access to a special Web3 for Creators section of the Society of Independent Creators, my community for creators online. So head over to store.craftsmancreative.co and grab yourself two copies of the book, one to keep, one to share. Now, on to the episode. I what time is it there for you? 9 p.m. Like 9, 9 p.m., that's right. Yeah. <laughs> End of your day, beginning of mine. That's I right. That's right. <laughs> I think both, both of our chats have been this way, so that's good. I think you were early last time and I was late. So we swapped it. <laughs> I cannot remember. <laughs> ah, how's your day been? Pretty good, I would say. Uh, I, I, I don't know how you uh, kind of block your time for writing. I can only write in the morning. <laughs> so just I just have like maybe three hours a day to do it. Uh, hey, that's a lot. But <laughs> Right, right. But, but I'm very slow. That's the problem. <laughs> hey you know just it's all about making progress every day it's not about the speed or the pace or anything like that but that's right the secret is i block everything in my day not just my writing or creative work every everything i do i write about this in the book but everything that i do gets blocked out so at the beginning of the week i go in and make sure that i list out everything that needs to get done today everything not today but this week everything i want to get done this week and then the stuff that's like a must that has to happen this week, I gets dedicated blocks of time, whether it's 30 minutes, 60 minutes, three hours. Um, that's how I schedule and plan my entire week because otherwise I get distracted like anybody else. And I will, you know, context shift and hop on social media and get distracted and all those things. So a big uh, secret or, 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 uh, approach to the way that I work is by blocking out everything that I do. I think, I think it's a very good uh, thing to do. I started doing that and I feel like more, much more productive when I block my calendar. I, mm. If it's just a to-do list, you know, things get, get messy <laughs> over it's time. So true. So true. Well, look, we got a few people in the room. It's 
7.02 for me and 9.02 p.m. for you. So why don't we kick things off? Um, welcome, everybody. This is uh, a series of Twitter spaces that I call the Crafts and Creative Workshops. They just don't, that doesn't fit in the title that uh, <laughs> the spaces gives you uh, enough characters for. So what that means is this is less than, less of a uh, interview and more of a deep dive into a specific topic. So today I've got my friend Kevin here. And we're going to deep dive on writing a book in public. Uh, we're both, you know, working on that. I just released a book this week. I put that tweet up at the the top in the nest here of the spaces. Um, Kevin and I are both in a, a nonfiction writers group. I think that's where we really connected initially. And uh, so we want to kind of talk about all of the benefits of writing in public. How do you actually do that? And we're going to get tactical. Like, what does your day look like? Uh, what activities are you doing day to day that leads to writing in public? And what's the benefit? What are the outcomes of doing a book that way? So we're glad that you're all here. And we'll, we'll take the first 20, 25 minutes to, to chat back and forth. And then we'll open it up for Q&A because we want easily half of this to be uh, directly answering your questions, the things you're struggling with, the things you want to understand better about writing in public. And, and we'll do that in about 25 minutes or so. So Kevin, thanks for being here. Thanks for doing this. Um, why don't we kick it off with why did you decide to write a book? I'll share mine after, but I'm curious, what was it that, I mean, you've been building in public. You're kind of um, a really well-known person here on Twitter in the building in public space. I see your name um, often mentioned when people you know, ask for recommendations about building in public. So why, why a book? Why go that route? <laughs> well, first, I want to see if we can get a show of hands, like out of the three out, out here listening, how many of you are writing a book or going to write a book very soon? Can you use the uh, emoji? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not sure. Okay, Jeremy, yay. Uh, Darren, your question about why write a book. I think, um, well, the, the first reason is I I prefer to do things or build products that can last for a long time. So, you know, there are so many digital products we can do, but I, I really prefer a book because I feel like, okay, if I write something really good, it can stay relevant for many, many years. And that's kind of my style, very slow and steady. Uh, that's the first reason. Second reason is, um, you know, I run courses, I do a lot of different things online. And one thing I realize is that everyone has different way of learning. So some people can do video courses. Some people can just get on Twitter and learn from tweets. But there are a group of people who just enjoy reading because it gets deep and it can be thought provoking or actionable. And I feel like we, we, we cannot just neglect this group of people. And that's kind of the people that I want to hang out with. So that's the second reason for me to write a book. Um, but third is pretty selfish. I mean, I just want to try it out. <laughs> I've never written a book. I've never imagined myself writing a book because English is my third language. So yeah, I don't know if I can do it, but People tell me my content is okay, is is helping them, so I just want to try it out. What about you, Darren? What what kind of motivate you to do it? That's so so cool. 
So for me, last summer, there was a, a whole bunch going on in the space. And a lot of people that I were, was following, it just kind of this real serendipity of like meeting the right people and reading the right books. And it all just kind of culminated in this desire to, to write a book. Now, I've self-published two other books previously. The first one I wrote back in 2013, I think, and uh, I wanted to release it before my 30th birthday. And so I did that. I wrote a book in like three months. I used the format that um, Nathan Berry outlines in his book, Authority. So before he did ConvertKit, or maybe right as he was starting ConvertKit, um, he wrote a book called Authority. And I actually am in, I'm in the book in the back of the hardback is one of the examples of someone who took the advice and wrote a book. So that book was on independent sound, <laughs> like how to do uh, sound for film and live sound and stuff like that. And then I wrote another uh, more religious book back in 2017, which was fun as well. And I self-published that one because I wanted to go through the process of how do you actually distribute a book, get a book printed? You know, I learned all about self-distribution. Uh, so this one, um, I was right in the process of like I had just produced the first movie that I'd ever produced. And I'd been trying to do that for over a decade. For about 12 years, I was trying to produce movies. That's like my main job is as a film and TV producer. So I had just done that. And I realized after that first one that as much as I love uh, making movies, it's super fun, as you can probably imagine. It's not um, the most consistent and it's not the most sustainable way to live. Because for that movie, I was gone for eight weeks straight. I have a wife and three kids that I didn't see a lot in those two months. And it's not the kind of lifestyle that I really want as much as I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then I did another movie earlier this year and I have another one lined up in the summer. So it's not like I gave up after one time, but you know, it's, it's a very intense um, job. You know, you're working 16 hour days for one to two months straight and you don't see your family a lot and you're gone. So I wanted to take this business that I had started Craftsman Creative and expand it so that it could become more of a lifestyle business that could support my life 100% if I wanted it to. And that would free me up to really have the kind of producing life that I wanted, which is uh, more ability to say no to projects, not needing projects to stay afloat or to have income. And to get back to what I was talking about, there were a few people that um, I came across last summer that just really made it feel like it was the right time to do another book. So I read the book Content Inc. by Joe Polizzi. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he talks about the, you know, the idea of writing a book, getting all your values and everything down into a book and putting it out into the world. Even if it doesn't sell anything, you've at least gone through that process and it will solidify what you're about and what uh, your business is about and what you're here for. And then I came across um, Rob Fitzpatrick in his book, Write Useful Books. And that was the one that really just gave me the clarity of, oh, this is a process that I can use to write a book in public, to build an audience at the same time, and to come out with um, kind of an entry point into the world of Craftsman Creative. So it was a very thoughtful process of, I'm going to do this, and here's the outcomes that matter, and here's what I'm going to, why I'm going to do it, who it's for what the outcomes are going to be. And it was a very methodical approach to growing an audience, starting a business, et cetera, et cetera. So it sounds like 
I, I have one kid. You have three kids. It sounds like writing a book is for people who get to this stage of life and just want something slow and, you know, uh, more time with family, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, what I realized at the moment was that there was only like one or two ways that people could pay me or hire me at the time. They could hire me to be a film or TV producer, which is, you know, 10, 12, 13, $15,000 a month, which most of my Twitter followers are not going to do. And there were online courses that I was producing for other creators. That's what Craftsman Creative started as was an online course platform, but those start at like $250 and up. Or people could pay me for consulting and coaching, which is again, thousand plus dollars a month. So I needed to fill in this gap between free and a thousand dollars. So that, <laughs> so that the audience I was trying to build here on Twitter and online could actually join the world that I was building here. And it wasn't, so I started with, you know, writing consistently and creating a newsletter and creating an email list and, and getting people in for free. And then the next level was, okay, well, what, what can I create? Well, I could do another course, but that could be $500 or $1,000, or $200. I need something smaller. So what about a book? So you really look at it from a value ladder perspective. I I like Mm -hmm. how honest you are about this because most people would say, you know, I just want to benefit more people, (laughs) that kind of thing. But Mm -hmm. you really just throw it out there. Um, This is part of your value ladder. That's great. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a very conscious decision to build it from zero to a thousand and fill in those steps um, because it's great. You know, I have a consulting client and it's great having thousands of dollars a month come in for about 10 hours a week of work. And I love when I get to produce, but I needed something that was more, even more consistent than that, that could reach more people. So what was it? Um, so, you know, you can write a book, anyone can go and just be, you know, there's a million ways to go out and research how to write a book in 21 days. There's actually a book called How to Write a Book in 21 Days. Um, there's plenty of approaches or strategies that people have promoted, that people have talked about. So how did you come across this idea of writing a book in public? Why did you go that route? Um, I guess <laughs> because I'm the building public person. So I basically uh, do everything in public. It's kind of my, my motto. So I, I have to do what I preach, right? So, but but it, the reason why I focus on this topic is because I really resonate with it. It's kind of like my life principles. But I was actually uh, the same as you. I found Rob, uh, Write Useful Book. And I was, you know, I bought it when he was beta. No, I, I, I bought it when he released the manuscript. So it was really early. And I was like, oh, I don't know how to write a book. But they, uh, he just laid out all the steps for me. And he, of course, he talks about writing the book in public as well. So I want to do it. And he talks about doing it. So it makes a lot of sense to, to do it. But I think... Um, the, the, the key to writing a book in public, if those of you are planning to write, the key is really get the beta readers. <laughs> because I, you know, I have, I just wrapped up my beta re- reading round two. And each round, I get so many feedback that I've never thought of myself, including that my book structure is quite messy, you know, because I, I really want to get to their hands. 
and also like my writing style. I was posting on Twitter today that someone commented my writing style was changing throughout the book, and it's because I write half last year and I write half this year, and it's it's just not good that way. But when you get beta readers who come in early, they can help shape the book, and of course, the for marketing reason, they could become the people who talk about the book when it launches. So. Yeah, so many benefits.、Um, particularly, the feedback part is super important to me. Yeah, and that term "beta readers" is something that you know some of the people here may not know, but that's a, a, an idea that's covered in this book, "Write Useful Books" by Rob Fitzpatrick, and it's really literally giving early access to a group of people in exchange for feedback. So they're going to read through your. You know, often unedited manuscript. You know, it might be a first or second draft, and they're going to read through and get early access to the book, which is great for them. But in exchange, they're giving you feedback and telling you what they liked, what they didn't like, what's confusing, what they loved, what was helpful, so that you can do more of what's working and less of what's not. And、um, I went through the same process, but I want to talk about why I chose to do the book in public really quickly. The you know we've all done these.、Um, Whether it's ship thirty for thirty, or we've had these challenges where, like, I'm going to tweet every day for a hundred days, or I'm going to write every day for a month,、um, and I tried to do that、uh, not last year, but the year before. So, 2020, I started a new blog, which some would say is kind of a dumb idea because I had a blog that had some domain authority that was working already, <laughs> but I started a new one and decided I was going to write 60 posts in 60 days, and I called it the 60 Day Project. I got about thirty-three days in and kind of started to pitter out, and it didn't and it didn't work. And、um, I kind of gave up on that blog, and so I didn't get any of the benefit of writing every day and it compounding and and growing. And so when I decided to do this book, I kind of saw it all like just make sense in front of my eyes when I kind of came up with this idea of I'm not only going to write in public, but I'm going to start a new blog. I'm going to start a Twitter thread that every day I'm going to add to it. That'll be my like writing in public thread, and I'm just going to post every chapter as a blog post. And that did two things for me. One, it gave me the commitment, like the public commitment of I'm doing this. I'm writing a book in public. Here's me showing up every day. I have some accountability, and I got the ego boost and the dopamine boost of like people liking my tweets and grabbing a. A blog post, a chapter, and putting it in their newsletter or sharing it with their audience, so that kept the momentum going. But what it did was it gave me a body of work that compounded, and every time that I added a new chapter, it made the entire site and the potential book project more valuable because people were seeing me add to it every single day, and going, "Wow, I really loved that chapter. I probably will like other chapters." Or wow, this guy's showing up and writing every day. I want to see what this is about. So instead of like one-off tweets, like "Hey, I'm writing a book," or "Hey, my book is out," I've been basically marketing my book that just came out on Tuesday since the end of August last year when I started it. So by writing in public, it was actually a vehicle for me to market my book for eight months straight to grow an audience of people who cared about the same type of. Ideas and values and systems and processes and for- frameworks that I was writing about, and you know I've 
I've added, I don't know, 50 beta readers over those eight months. And a lot of them gave me feedback. A lot of them bought early copies of the book that were only released to them. And so before the book was even out, I had made over $1,000 in pre-sales from this group of beta readers. So even though they had the manuscript, they still wanted to support the book because they were involved in the process. So there's so many benefits to doing it this way. And I like now I shout it from the rooftops, which is why I was so excited to hop on this call with you. So I'm curious, uh, Kevin, besides beta readers and getting feedback, what are some of the other benefits that you've seen from writing a book this way? Mm, I think you, you cover it pretty well. I think one is the feedback to shape the book, which I talk about. And then the second part you talked about, which is like, you know, getting the marketing out. Because actually, I think a lot of creators or people who are trying to, you know, either build courses or write books. I was going to ask you, Darren, like, because I know someone in the audience would be wondering, hey, you put out all these chapters on the public blog, then why do people need to buy your book? So I was going to ask you that, but I, I think you covered because they, 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 they feel like they're involved and they are still going to support you. So I think my answer would be the reason why we put it out like that is like people, even though they get free content, all this content are unstructured, um, like tweets, so they eventually, they still need a structured way to read the book. So mm -hmm. your, your way is quite structured, but I guess, um, I think it's the early version, right, of your writing. So they, don't, they still don't have your final version. So stay, they still need to get a book to get that. So I right. think, yeah, marketing is a big, big part. Um, I, I feel like a lot of us, we, like, I, I'm grateful I have some following so that, probably can help me launch the book but um my biggest learning in the last 18 months of being a creator is that it, we need help from other people <laughs> it's not enough to just have like the marketing voice ourselves actually my biggest launch has always been friends helping out so i feel like writing in public can help you make a lot of friends in that long process, like three months, six months, a year. And these friends will, will be there to help you. I think, I think this is the biggest part. Like, for example, Darren, you reach out to me, um, and then I wouldn't sec even think about it and to help you share the book because we have helped each other so much in the last few months. So, yeah, I'm all about relationships. <laughs> yeah. That's so, so true. I would say 90% of the people that have been the biggest supports of the book I've met since starting the process of writing the book. And to go back to what you were saying, there's a principle that I firmly believe in that it's information wants to be free. And really a book is just a way of disseminating information. And if you only write a book and then charge money for it, and the only way people can read it is to buy a copy of the book, then you have less of an impact. Like you're not able to share that information with as many people because you've put this block in between them and the book, that block being dollars. <laughs> so I firmly believe that the information should be free out there. The contents of the book as I wrote them will always be for free on my blog. Anyone can go read them. 
And there have been people who have asked me like, hey, I really wanted to get a copy of your book, but I don't have the money. They might live in a different country or they don't have a, a way to take care of it. And I just gift them the digital copies of the book because it didn't cost me anything to send it to them. And I want them to have the information. That's why I wrote a book in the first place, not to make money, but to get this information in front of more people because I believe it's helpful. So I believe that information wants to be free. And if people want to pay for a format, then here you go. You know, like it, you'll see if you go to my book page and I think there's a few people here who have already purchased a copy. So thank you, first of all. Um, but you can go and it's it's pretty straightforward. Like you buy it, you pay $20 and you get the digital versions. You pay $20, you get a paperback. You pay 35, you get a hardback. I make a couple bucks and the rest is like printing and shipping and handling and all that stuff. So, you know, I just really firmly believe that you're going to benefit yourself and your audience more if you're sharing your content as you go. And I think some of the most popular books last year, if you look at like Amazon's list of top 100 books, you've got Atomic Habits was number one. A lot of that book started as blog posts. There's the book, uh, The Subtle Art of Giving an F by Mark Manson or Mark, yeah, Mark Manson, I think. And that's similar. It was a bunch of blog posts that were then compiled and then added to to form a book. And there's lots of examples like this, Ryan Holiday, Tim Ferriss. There's a lot of authors who have used this writing in public, whether they call it that or not, process of I'm going to write, 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 write and put it out for free, see what resonates. And then I'm going to expand on that and turn it into a book. And these are people who have built massive businesses off of their books. So Kevin, the last question that I had for you before we open it up for uh, Q&A is what is building and writing in public rather? What does that actually mean for you? Like what are the one, two, three, five things a day that you're doing that define writing in public? Cause you could, you could just say, I'm writing a book in public, but like, what does that actually mean for the people that are, you know, here listening today? Like what do they need to do on a daily basis to actually do writing in public? <laughs> that was a poorly okay. phrased question. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So first of all, I just want to say, I don't think I'm doing that well <laughs> in writing in public. And it's because I, I feel like building a course in public or building a business in public is easier in a way. There's just so many different types of content you can share, but writing a book, it like, <laughs> what are you going to share? Like, take a take a screenshot of your google dart or something but but i i figure something out of what i can share um but i don't share it every day because i just don't have that much updates for people but i imagine if i have you know okay let me tell you what i'm doing right now first um there are a few things i share for example i i'm starting because i'm planning for my launch in the next few months i I don't know when because I want it, the book to be high quality. But I'm starting to take out snippets of the book, screenshot it, highlight the keywords, and post it on Twitter so that I am educating my audience. I'm giving this piece of information to my audience standalone. So they can just take away, get inspired, or you know, um, do whatever they want. But I, I want to slowly give it to them one by one maybe twice a week. So that's one thing I do. Uh, second one is I'm a very transparent person. So I take 
constructive feedback or like negative feedback really well. For example, I remember Darren, you were helping me with my table of contents for an hour, and we 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 record the Zoom call, and I just put the whole video on to uh, on YouTube and Twitter to let people see how you like uh, give me feedback. Um, I think this might be scary at first, but if you think about it, today I share on Twitter that someone was giving me feedback about my writing style. But if you are so confident that you can share this piece of information, it means that you're aware and you're going to improve it. So from a reader perspective, they're not going to judge that, oh, Kavan has bad writing style. The book is not going to be good. They, what they would be thinking is like, oh, Kavan is aware of the inconsistent writing style. So He's gonna fix it, and I, I'm, th I think the book will be very good because he's aware of it. So I think this is often playing in our mind that we think people might judge us for negative feedback, but it's actually the other way around. So you can see I share snippets from the book, which is content. I share some feedback or decision making from the book. For example, I'm still not sure what to call the book. So I'm thinking at some point I will, you know, come up with three to four book title and just put it out there on Twitter. I think this is something you do quite well, Darren, because I remember a couple weeks ago, you had a number of covers and then you actually put out on Twitter and get feedback from your audience and then you got your best cover. I think that was a really brilliant idea. I'm going to copy that. Um, so basically... Yeah, any changes from the book, you can share it. But uh, if you don't have an audience right now, then I would give you one advice, which is um, use, use that writing in public process to make more friends and build up that initial circle because they are going to help you amplify whatever you have to share. It's, it, I don't know how many people know this, but behind every audience is always a bunch of friends. It's, it's an illusion that an audience is just people listening to you is is always a circle of friends. So yeah, I'm going to pause here, but uh, Darren, Oh, shoot. Darren, uh, That's do you great. want to share a bit about your cover choices from polling the audience? I think that was quite I, interesting. I do definitely. And I'll take this opportunity now to say, we'll, we'll open it up for Q and a in just a few minutes. And so if anyone here listening has a question about writing in public or for either Kev Kevon or myself, please raise your hand, you know, we'll bring you up on, on stage, so to speak, and we'll uh, start having some Q&A. But one thing that I think is very similar to both your and my approach was this, I, this concept of sharing ideas and sharing values. And so while you may not be sharing your chapters as you write them, which is what I did, the reason I did that was to get the ideas out there and to stress test them, to put them in front of people and see what people thought. And there were chapters that I wrote that um, didn't make the final cut of the book. There were three chapters that were kind of unrelated. One was like a web three for creators. And there was another one that was kind of an unrelated topic. And I worked with an editor and he's like, you know, this really feels like a blog post. It, it feels like a complete thought in and of its own. It doesn't feel like part of the book. So we took it out and we didn't, we didn't put it in the book, but there were other ideas that came during the right during the editing process because I was getting feedback from beta readers and I was like, Oh my gosh, that's a, that's a thing that I completely left out. 
And so I would write a chapter, send it over to my editor, and those are in the book. Those are not on the blog. So there is some benefit to like buying the physical copy or a digital copy of the book as it's been edited and updated because there's more content in there that's than on my blog. But one of the important steps of writing in public is this concept of you've got an idea for a chapter. It might be a principle, it might be a belief, it might be a value, it might be something you want to teach someone. And one of the best things you can do, and it gives you two benefits, is to share that, to put it out in, in public. And the two benefits are, one, it stress tests your idea so you can get feedback and you can see what people think and it might expand your concept and your the way that you want to approach sharing it in the future or in your book. But the other benefit is that you're connecting with people, like you said, that care about the same stuff. You know, you're building an audience by sharing ideas. And I think that's one of the core concepts behind building in public is, you know, it's not just showing up every day and spouting off a random tweet. That's not building in public. Building in public is sharing the stuff that you are working on, which if you think about it, like that's what you care about. That's what you're, that's what you value. If you're spending time every day working on something, it's showing people, it's a very strong signal that this matters to you. And if it matters to them, well, they want to be friends with you. There, there are a handful of people that I've met through the writing of this book that I'm meeting up with in person. You know, I met up with Samantha Demer, uh, Demers up in Toronto, Canada. I was there last month filming some courses. She lives two hours away of where I was um, filming, but we drove each an hour to meet up and to, you know, hang out in person. She's someone that we've also met in that writer's group. And I met through the process of publishing this book. So there's people I'm meeting up with in two or three weeks at the creator economy expo down in Phoenix. And, you know, these are all people that I met from this process of writing a book in public. So I just wanted to say that to second what you said about, you know, it's the friends that become almost the best part of this whole process. And these are people that are now sharing my book in their newsletter without charging me for ad space or, promoting it online and retweeting things to their followers and stuff, which I never would have had if I just, you know, showed up on Tuesday and said, Hey everybody, I wrote a book, please go get it. <laughs> Nobody would have cared. So you're building this uh, amazing infrastructure of people that care about the same values that you have. And they know because you've been talking about those values for months on end. So, all right, we've got some amazing people here, some friends, um, you know, people that I've, seen in my early access group and people have seen uh, their name come through who have bought the book. So thank you for being here. If you've got questions, you know, that the rest of this time is kind of reserved for Q and a, we want to help you with your process, your questions. So if you've got questions, go ahead and just, I think it's a raise your hand sort of situation. You've, um, you know, at request to speak here on this on Twitter and then we'll bring you up. But um, while we're waiting to see if anyone's got questions, Kevon, um, you said you're, I don't know if you said it exactly this way, but you said you're a little afraid <laughs> of, uh, you know, putting things out there or a little nervous about this process of publishing. So maybe that's something I can help you with in the moment of like, what's something that's uh, a frustration or something that you're maybe curious about the process between here and getting the book out and published? <laughs> so this is something I'm thinking right now. Uh, 
I because I have Rob's book, right? Write useful book. So I kind of know the steps to do it. But the the thing I'm trying to figure out is the timeline of events that things need to happen. So I basically create a Google Sheet and just map it out. But it is it's not very clear, and it seems like there's so many th- things going on. What can I do in parallel? What do I need to do in sequence? That was quite hard, but I I'm kind of sorting myself out. So yeah, see if you have any tips on that. Sorry, so say that again. Like, what what parts are you needing to do initially, and what parts can happen together? Sorry, it cut out just a little bit yeah. for me. Yeah, like when you launch a book, there's so many steps, and what needs to be, what can be going in parallel, and what needs to go step by step. That was the hard part. Gotcha. Thank you. So <laughs> that's probably a good blog post that I need to write. <laughs> Um, because there's definitely a lot of things that happen once you decide, okay, between where I'm at now, the book is finished and having a book that's out in the world ready for people to purchase. I mean, you've got a whole suite of to do's and tasks when it comes to the website and how people are actually going to purchase the book, the delivery of the book. How are people actually going to receive it? Is it only digital? Are you going to use a printing service? Is it going to be something where you order all the books yourself and you're mailing them out or are you using some sort of print on demand service? There's pluses and minuses to both. I did it the, the first way on my last book where I bought, you know, 150 copies or something like that and had them and I was shipping them out from my house. I decided I don't want to do that again. So this time I'm using a combination of Shopify with a Lulu integration. So every time someone buys the book, it automatically purchases it, purchases it for me from Lulu and they print it and ship it out. And so maybe I make a few less dollars per book, but it's saving me because, you know, I have a a lot more going on in my life at this point. Um, So what are the things you can be doing consistently or concurrently? Um, You can be designing the website, like the the landing page, the sales page, or whether it's whether you're going to use Shopify or Gumroad or some other service to build the, the website. Um, you can be doing that simultaneously to all of the stuff with the book as far as the printing and distribution of it. So those are two things that can happen concurrently. And honestly, you can even outsource a lot of that stuff. If you've got a virtual assistant or if you've got um, you know, someone you want to hire off of Upwork or Fiverr or something like that, like, hey, design a, a book sales page for me or whatever it might be. But I think you and I are similar in that we like to do everything ourselves because we just like that high touch kind of operation process. So um, those are kind of the two parts of the process that can be happening concurrently and simultaneously. The one, one or two tips that I think are certainly important um, that I didn't do a good job of because I was so busy <laughs> these last two months, but I had the book edited, you know, a, a while ago and it took me longer than it should have taken to hire someone to do the interior layout of the book. Because if you're doing a print book, there's a very specific way you need to lay out the interior so that like pages on the left side are a little bit shifted over to the left. It has a thicker margin on the right because that's the inside of the book. And so same with the right side, the right page, there's a thicker margin on the left side because that's the center of the books when you open it up. So if you look at the PDF of my book, it's like each page is a little bit shifted left to right to left to right. So I had to hire someone to do that. And I should have done that a month earlier, but I waited. But 
in order to get everything set up with like your book uh, printer. So I'm using both Lulu and Ingram Spark. And the reason I have two is one, Lulu integrates with Shopify. So it's super easy for when people buy the book, but Ingram Spark is cheaper and their quality is just as good. So when I do my bulk orders, like I just ordered 250 copies of my own book because I'm going to be gifting them at the Creator Economy Expo next month. And I'm, I'm doing that out of my own pocket, but it was $3.48 per book through Ingram Spark. Whereas if I did it through Lulu, it was like $8.35 because they charge handling and all this other stuff. So I didn't want to spend two and a half times as much. So I went with Ingram to do it that way. It's a different printer, but it's the same book with the same ISBN and everything. Um, but those things take time. So if you're getting, if you want to like see a copy of your book in person, hold it in your hands before you launch it, you need to be uploading all of that stuff and getting it approved with the printer weeks ahead of time and ordering that book like two to three weeks out before you launch your book. I'm still waiting for my physical copy of the book to come to my house. It just shipped yesterday, but I launched the book on Tuesday. So I haven't actually seen a physical copy of the paperback or hardback from Lulu. And so people like, uh, I think Jeremy here maybe has a copy of my book. Margaret gets a copy of my book. You get a copy of my book. Like there's a bunch of people who are going to get copies that I may have errors. They may have printing errors. And I hope that one day, 20, 30 years from now, those are selling for $50,000, like a Harry Potter book or something. <laughs> but, but um, you know, that's, that's an error on my part. That's a mistake for sure, because I should have been two, three weeks ahead on the printing side and approving all that, getting it all uploaded. You know, with Ingram Spark, it's taken an extra two weeks just back and forth of like, hey, we spotted an error with this thing. You need to upload a new thing. And they're a little slow. So it takes two days to approve it. I'm just like, come on, I want my books. So give yourself a good solid month of time to do a lot of that stuff with the printer if you are doing a physical copy of your book. Awesome. Hey, Darren, you're giving me the good news and the bad news at the same time. The good <laughs> news is that you're prepping me for this timeline. But the bad news is that you're destroying my dream to like launch it soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very sorry. One thing you could do, though, because I struggle from this too, the perfectionism of it all of like, it has to be perfect, it has to be right, it has to be done completely before I before I put it out there. I really let that go on this one. Um, there were times where I said, I know that it's not perfect and I know that I can fix it later. It's a fear of not being good enough. It's a fear of not delivering the highest quality that you can. But I think you and I both have this commitment to showing up and delivering as much value as possible. So what I learned is that we cannot please everyone. So uh, there, there's no 100% happiness in terms of a book. So I'm going to put it out there and it's not quite right. Uh, I started that mindset shift when I was writing the book in public because I was putting out first drafts that had no editing. So there were grammar problems and, and spelling problems and incomplete thoughts. But so it was an opportunity for me to then go back and rewrite it. And um, even now I'm, I'm recording the audiobook myself here at my house. And I thought I could do it on Monday, the day before the book launches. And no, I'm about four hours into the process and I'm on chapter seven of 33. So it'll be the end of the month. And you know what I did? I went on the sales page and I said, 
audiobook will be delivered by the end of April. <laughs> so anyone who bought a digital package of the PDF, the EPUB, and the audiobook just knows that, hey, that's the audiobook's coming in about two weeks because I didn't finish it in time. Did that prevent me from launching? No. Are people mad about it? I, I haven't heard anyone mad about it yet. Um, maybe they are secretly, but it hasn't prevented them from buying or, or sent, they haven't been sending rude emails. And so I think you can assuage yourself from a lot of that perfectionism, which is kind of fear. It's a fear of being found out. It's a fear of be, not being good enough. It's a fear of not delivering the highest quality that you can. But I think you and I both have this commitment to showing up and delivering as much value as possible. So with that trust that we've built with people over time of writing our book in public, we get a little bit more leeway of like, hey guys, I said my audio book was gonna be done today and it's not gonna be done for two weeks, but I'll get it to you as soon as you can. And everyone kind of nods along and goes, yeah, because they trust that that's true. They trust you when you say stuff like that. So I think you can move forward in a lot of stuff without 100% worrying about it has to be perfect before it gets out in the public. Yeah, I, I think that that's a good point. I just wrap up round two beta reading. So I have a, one point to add. Um, as I mentioned, someone really critical said my book structure is like messy. But at the same time, there are people who are saying that, oh my God, like I'm getting a lot of value from the book. So what I learned is that we cannot please everyone. So uh, there, there's no 100% happiness in terms of a book. So I'm just going to edit like one or two more times and then ship it. Um, yeah, anyone in the audience has a question? <laughs> want to make sure we cater to them. Exactly, yeah. I mean, the truth is, though, you're never going to be 100% satisfied or finished with your book. Like I'm going through and reading the book out loud for the audiobook, and I'm catching stuff like, wow, that's that's a poorly written sentence. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's an incomplete thought. So <laughs> Oh, you know, we have a we have a first we, person. We do. I'm going to add Shadows Pub here. How's it going? Go ahead and uh, as soon as you're connected, unmute yourself and ask your question. We're excited to have you here. All right, go ahead and unmute yourself and uh, ask away. Hi, how are you today? You're that good? Good. So, so good, thank you. First of all, I'm going to let you know I'm not too worried about the fact that your audio book's not ready. There you go. Now you know we're not mad. And secondly, um, why didn't you consider Amazon to publish on? Good question. Um, the answer is I do consider Amazon to publish on, just not right up front. Um, I value the direct connection to the audience way more than I value the extra distribution uh, boost that I get from Amazon and being on Amazon. So at some point, probably after I sell the first thousand or so books, I will put the book and audiobook up on Amazon. Um, but I really think that the most important thing, especially for someone with an audience my size, is to have direct connection to every single person who buys my book. And what's happening is that as soon as someone buys the book on Shopify, I have it connected to ConvertKit. So they automatically get a welcome sequence that lasts for about a week and a half, which kind of gives them an overview of the entire book and everything that I'm about and what's ahead for them. 
and I'm building a direct relationship with them. Whereas on Amazon, I might sell more books, may even make more money, but I have no idea who purchased it. And so it doesn't help me build my audience. It doesn't help me build one-on-one relationships with people. And, you know, I'm, I'm scrolling through. And what's really interesting about this um, space today is the last four or five that I posted, I've maybe noticed one or two people out of, you know, a hundred that are in the room. Um, whereas today I noticed half, which means that what I'm doing is working. You know, there are people that I've connected with over, over doing these spaces as well as doing the book that I'm like, wow, there's people here who have purchased my book. There's people here who I've interacted with and have had calls with and are, I would consider friends. And that wouldn't have happened if I only launched on Amazon. So for me, it's a strategic decision to use the book as a way to build my audience, not just to try and make money from book sales. Because, you know, to be frank, I think I've sold here. I can, I can look right now, the current stats of the book. Hopefully I didn't, you know, just mute myself. Um, I am sitting at $482 of sales. So it's about 14 or 15 copies that I've sold on Shopify on the website. And you can see the link to that right up top in this space. Now, outside of Shopify, I've sold 25 pre-sale copies. So those are people who are going to get a signed hardback copy of the book. Um, And then I've also sold a few bulk orders, people who have ordered five or 10 copies. So that's not included. All in, it's probably $1,500 that I've made on the book sale. So for me, you know, I've added a new a 14, 15 new people to my audience um, and made some money. Whereas if I were on Amazon, I'd probably make about the same, but I wouldn't know who any of those people are. So for me, it's a decision about or, or around building an audience and using a book as a way to do that, as opposed to just getting a book out there as a calling card and making a couple dollars off of it. Kavon, have you thought about um, strategically how you're putting your book out there? Have you given much thought to Amazon or self-publishing? Hey, I just want to say thank you to your answer because at first, uh, two minutes ago, I was thinking I have to do everything at once. But now you're telling me that I can actually launch to my audience first, which, which are more relevant because I've been working with my audience. That's how I come up with this topic. And then I can launch on Amazon like even half a year later. That's okay. You you mm-hmm. you gave me a new idea to space it out. Yeah, thank you. Oh, of course. I think it's I think it just is in alignment with who you and I are. In that we value our audience. We're building in public. I think that um, you know also when this first thousand books or so is done, I'll probably do a second edition. I'll probably have an opportunity to go back in, rewrite a a couple of things. I've already seen spelling errors and and punctuation errors, even though I hired a line editor, like there's still stuff that gets through. Um, And there's some some formatting errors that my interior layout guy didn't do right. And so there's, there's more work to be done on the book, even though it's already out and live into the world. And again, I hope that 10, 20 years from now, these first editions are going to be selling for a thousand dollars on eBay. <laughs> That's my dream, right? Um, uh, if I'll buy you know, it. If you're, if you're going for blockbuster launch, if you're trying to be a bestseller, yeah, you should definitely launch on Amazon and do pre-sales through there to try to get your numbers up and try to hit 10,000 sales in the first week. But I knew I wasn't going to do that. Like I said, I've sold, you know, all in with, 
pre-sales and sales this week and bulk orders, it's less than 50 people. So I wasn't going to hit the Amazon bestseller list or any sort of bestseller list, but that wasn't the goal. I think something that's super important for creators in general, but we'll make it specific to authors at this point is know what your outcome is. And that's something that's maybe unique to my kind of brain. Someone who thinks very is very outcome driven, very systems driven, has that kind of approach to life. Whereas there are many different personality types that are, you know, ready, fire, aim. There's some that really want to seek consensus and have it be perfect before it's done. And there's some that are just like people person. It's like, you know, come what may. And none of those are right or wrong. You just need to know what kind of person you are. But for me, I'm very outcome driven. And so I knew that the point of this book was to build an audience, was to grow my audience here on Twitter, grow my audience on the newsletter. And what's been amazing is that my email list is has grown faster than my Twitter following. So as much as I'm trying to grow my Twitter following, you may have seen that there's a giveaway that I'm doing along with the book and I'll be doing updates every day. The giveaway ends when I hit 2000 followers, but I've grown from about 800 to 1600 followers on Twitter, but my email list grew from about 600 to about 1800 people on the email list. And that's what I care more about, honestly, as much as I'm present on here and showing up on here, I, I don't own this audience. You know, it just announced this morning that Elon Musk is trying to buy Twitter for like $43 billion. What if he buys it and shuts it down? What if he like kills the algorithm and then we can't reach our people anymore? Who knows what's going to happen? All this work I've done to grow an audience on Twitter may have been for not. We don't know. So you can't build your build your business on rented land. That's something that uh, Joe Polizzi says all the time, and I firmly believe it. So the outcome for me was using the book to grow an audience that I could connect with and have direct contact with through my emails. And it's working. So I'm just going to keep doing that and focusing on that. And then at some point when most of the book sales are coming from people, you know, whether it be from SEO or from, you know, people doing Google searches or whatever, I guess that's the same thing. You know, once it's kind of organic and I'm not directly impacting sales as much, then I'll put it up on Amazon and let it continue to grow more organically that way. But I really, really value the audience at this point. So I'll, I'll stop being long-winded. Who's, who else has uh, a question that we can answer? We probably have time for one or two more. Um, I want to be respectful of Kavon's time because it's almost 10 o'clock where he is at. So I don't know if you're a night owl or an early bird, but um, definitely don't want to keep you up too late. <laughs> Anyone else here have a question for us? Yep. I can definitely stay up, but I think my wife might kill you. <laughs> I feel like I'm safe because I'm far enough away. <laughs> there we go. Well, cool. Maybe we'll wrap up here then. Um, anything else that you want to share, Kavon? Anything that uh, has come through this conversation that you think is important takeaway for those listening? I think, um, yeah. <laughs> Writing public is good uh, for getting beta readers to help you shape the book, especially if you don't already have a huge audience, so you don't really exactly know whether you're working on the right direction, then as Darren said, it's a way to write a book and build the audience at the same time. Like, oh, forgot to tell you one thing. Like I started my journey 18 months ago and it was not a SaaS product. I was writing 
the building public guide in public and i pretty much double my audience size like in a week so writing in public is actually the best way to build an audience not building a course in public not building a business in public writing in public yeah so i was just want to wrap it wrap it up with this uh thank you everyone for joining us today thanks for inviting me here darren of course it's been a great chat so i'll end with a quick call to action if you haven't checked out my new book craftsman creative there's a link right at the top or you can go to my profile and it's the it's the pinned tweet at least for now for probably a few weeks it'll be right there so um check it out and i am doing a giveaway where i'm giving away uh you know copy of my book uh entrance into the course that's going to be part of the book and also a suite of books from some of my favorite authors as well as an ipad pro it's one of my favorite creative tools and so uh, basically, if you're following me and you retweet my pinned tweet, you're entered into that giveaway. And that happens uh, when I hit 2000 followers, which is hopefully in the next few weeks. So thank you all for yeah. being here. I really appreciate everybody, um, especially those that, you know, I've been interacting with uh, over the last few months. You've been amazing supports through this whole process. So if you don't have a copy of the book yet, go snag one. And uh, <laughs> just thank you all for being here. Yeah. If you want to, last word, if you want to check out my book uh, about designing Twitter presence, you can also go to my pinned tweet. Um, but Darren, your iPad idea is no one can match that. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Oh, everyone. anyone can match it. It's, it's just, it's an idea that can be stolen and used by anybody. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks. All right. It was great chatting with you again. Thanks, everybody. Have a good day. Bye-bye.